0: Science calls it the Anthropic Principle, and it basically states that everything on earth, along with the sun, moon, and stars, appear to have been made for man. In his book, Creation, Remarkable Evidence of God's Design, Dr. Grant Jeffrey writes the following on the Anthropic Principle. The Anthropic Principle strongly suggests that a supernatural, superintelligent being must have created our universe to produce humanity, because the conditions that make our universe and human life possible are the result of spectacular fine-tuning of more than 100 scientifically vital values, such as the composition of our atmosphere, the distance to the sun, the chemical composition of the atmosphere, the strength of gravity, magnetism, and many other scientific constants." End of quote. It just looks like everything was made to benefit man. Of course, the students of the Bible understand that to be entirely true. Consider Genesis 1, through 21. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Isaiah 45.18, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. In the beginning the world was perfect, and a place called the Garden of Eden was paradise. Man had been given complete dominion over that paradise, and nothing could harm him from snakes to grizzly bears. Romans eight twenty-eight was in full play, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. It was 100% anthropic, but something terrible happened. The original woman and mother of all living, whom science knows as M.T.D.N.A. Eve, and the original man and father of all living, whom science knows as Y-chromosome Adam, rejected the word of our Creator and embraced the words of Satan, the deceiver. From that point forward, the anthropic beauty of creation was seriously marred, and the law of sin and death began to dominate. It sounds terrible, yes, but I have marvelous news. God, our Creator, made a way of escape for us And that way is a person, Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. Not only did he make a way of escape from Satan's bondages, but God's way of escape includes a total reinstatement into his family, Imagine as sons and daughters of God himself. Wow, just like Jesus said, born again. How absolutely marvelous. Nothing can compare, and the promise that awaits God's children is beyond the description of man— 1 Corinthians 2.9, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. Can you feel my enthusiasm? Hallelujah, man, this is beyond big time, staggering. Think I'm delusional? This is real. Dear friend, have you yet to surrender your life to Jesus Christ? Have you been born again, as Jesus requires in John 3, 3? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt, and if you do, marvelous things begin today. Today, in just mere moments— All your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today, all of Satan's bondages will be broken. The chains are gone. Today, you will be born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. Today, you will become a brother or sister of the mighty Lord Jesus Christ, and his Father will become yours. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Luke 24, verse 39, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. God said, John four twenty-four, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God said, Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10-12, through But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of the Lord, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Man said, in the words of Charles Darwin, I can indeed hardly see how anyone ought to wish Christianity to be true. For if so, the plain language of the text seems to show that the men who do not believe will be everlastingly punished, and this is a damnable doctrine. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature 1146 that will for the 1146th time shout the perfect supernatural inerrancy of God's beautiful book. All of these faith-building features are archived on this site in text and streaming audio and are available to all at no charge. Use them to help redeem lost friends and loved ones. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Man's carnal wisdom causes him to stumble at noonday. He can't discern the most elementary of truths because he has forsaken God of the Bible, the foundation of all that is true. Man has become delusional, and his delusion begins at the very first verse in the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Regarding stumbling, Isaiah speaks of the condition of those who cast off God's word in chapter 59, verse 10. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night we are in desolate places as dead men. Because the world's wisest have rejected the God of the Bible, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, a worthless mind. Romans 1, verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. The world's academics are blind, but have convinced themselves and their blind followers that they can, in fact, see. Jesus so appropriately declares in Matthew 15, 14, Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. The born-again once existed in that same blind state. But in acts of faith in Christ's sacrifice on Calvary and by repentance and confession of our mouths, we saw the light. Our blind eyes were open, and we go on rejoicing, walking in that glorious light. I once told an unsaved man that I could see him, but he couldn't see me. All of God's children, as we walk in the Spirit, live in the invisible kingdom of the sighted. The results of the man's blindness were obvious. He was stumbling at noonday, yet he was confident he could see. Imagine, we can hear them, but they can't hear us. We know their thoughts because we once thought the same pointless foolishness. Our thoughts now, they cannot think. Blind eyes and deaf ears are only opened by a miracle, and that miracle is readily available to those who call upon the name of Jesus Christ. No matter how hard they wrangle, they always end up here. It is required. God's Word is the foundation of all that is true, And when the so-called wise academics arrive at their latest eureka moment, if they would take the time to look, they would see the children of God have been patiently sitting there for thousands of years. Educated, their schooling, as in Bible study, is woefully lacking. We've pulled up excerpts from some of the latest scientific publications to demonstrate the reality that they always end up here, where God's children have always been. A frenzied quest to find life in outer space continues, yet with zero success. Somehow, they think that if they can find alien life, it will buttress their theory of evolution, a theory they present as fact. You can remember all the headlines regarding purported life on Mars that have been printed over the past decades, I'm sure. You can add Scientific American's February 2023 issue with the headline, Mars is Downfall. Subhead: Life on Mars may have been its own worst enemy. One sentence from the feature follows. Although we know early Mars was wetter, warmer, and more ha- 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 excuse me, and more habitable than today's freeze-dried desert world, researchers have yet to find direct proof that life ever graced its surface. End of quote. They haven't found anything yet, but they're still looking, and they are looking for another way that doesn't include God. Jesus speaks the truth of this matter in John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. There is most certainly life in outer space, and that same life even walks upon the earth and interacts with us here. Most of the time, their presence is imperceptible to the eye, but the effects of their presence can be readily seen. As a result of scientific disciplines, such as quantum mechanics, some scientists now theorize that invisible, parallel universes teeming with life are possible. There is even speculation that one ultimate metaverse— Separated from our universe by the thinnest of membranes, actually exist, and that further, our universe is totally dependent upon it. They always end up here. What they are stumbling over is what Jesus calls the invisible kingdom of God, and this kingdom is the source of all that is. Luke seventeen twenty and twenty one. And when he was demanded of uh, the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, here or lo, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus clearly declares unto us in multiple places that he is not of this world, but is the very ultimate extraterrestrial. Consider just a few examples. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John eight sixteen, And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. John 8, verse 23, And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. The cover of the February 2023 issue of Scientific American reads, Life as We Don't Know It, which is also the headline of their eight-page spread on the search for extraterrestrial life. The subhead of the feature reads, Scientists are abandoning conventional thinking to search for extraterrestrial creatures that bear little resemblance to earthlings. The laboratory being highlighted is known by the acronym LAB, which stands for Laboratory for Agnostic Biosignatures. The Oxford Dictionary defines agnostics, a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God or of anything beyond material phenomenon. When one starts in such a position of unbelief, he should not expect to see the light. A headline inside the, the, inside the Scientific American Feature posits, What if extraterrestrial life didn't have DNA or RNA or other nuclear acids? What if their cells got instructions in some other biochemical way? Here they go again, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. The ultimate life, even the source of all life that science seeks to discover, is God, and He is a spirit. God is a spirit. And so are, for example, all of his angels who are ministering spirits and do not have DNA or RNA or anything like it. The Bible is clear on this matter. Considering the following verses, you'll see this. John four twenty four, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hebrews 1, 7. And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire— luke 24 verse 39 behold my hands and my feet that it is i myself handle me and see for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have it is amazing but the carnal academics continue to look in all the wrong places one of their own is quoted in the scientific american feature regarding the absolutely beyond bizarre speculation of life forming in a process being called abiogenesis, which is the wild concept that if life spontaneously arrives from non-life and the idea that given enough stars, life surely would have just popped up somewhere and evolution would then carry it forward. The article continues. John Sutherland, a chemist at the Medical Research Council Laboratory of Molecular Biology, is a co-director of a group called the Simons Collaboration on the origins of life, which merges previous ideas about how one or another subsystem, such as genetics or early metabolism, came first. But if he's being real, Sutherland admits he doesn't understand how how biology got started. No one does. And until scientists know more about how things probably went down on the early earth, Sutherland argues, there's no way to estimate how common extraterrestrial anything might be. It doesn't matter that there are, are trillions of stars in billions of galaxies. If the events that led to life are supremely uncommon, those many solar systems might still not be enough statistically to have resulted in abiogenesis in other beings and the quote. No matter how many stars. As microbiology continues to prove the marvels of a single cell, the more the insurmountable odds of evolution become insurmountable. Famed French scientist Louis Pasteur proved the impossibility of abiogenesis long ago. Yet carnal academia continues to hope. They are frustrated. They continue to expend large sums of time and treasure to seek what we've already found and have only dead ends to show for their investments. The reason for this failure is simple. They are blind. Scientific American's eight-page feature is summed up as follows. I understand that frustration, Johnson says, because I'm a restless sort of person. That restlessness relates in part to her own mortality. The end of the time when she's out of equilibrium with her environment. The demise of her complexity... Of her detectability and ability to detect. We have these ephemeral lives, she says. We have this world that's going to end. We have this star that's going to die. We have this incredible moment. Here we are, alive and sentient beings on this planet, all because at some time life started. That may have happened tens or hundreds of thousands or millions or billions of other, th- other times on other planets, or maybe it has only happened here. It just feels, Johnson says, like an extraordinary thing that I want to know about the universe before I die. End of quote. The world ordained wisest among us are frustrated, but those whom they deign as the uneducated and easily led have had the answers for thousands of years. The children of faith know how it all began. They know where they came from, why they're here, and where they're going, and they even know how it all ends, Second Peter three ten through 12 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The headline in the January 28, 2023 issue of Science News reads, Ichthyosaur graveyard has a nursery. The subhead reads, The ancient marine reptiles bred at a site in what's now Nevada. Several excerpts follow. Some 230 million years ago, massive dolphin like reptiles called ichthyosaurs gathered to breed in safe waters just like many modern whales do. That's the conclusion that scientists arrived at after studying a mysterious ichthyosaur graveyard in Nevada's uh, Berlin Ichthyosaur State Park. The park is home to the world's richest assemblage of fossils. Of Shonosaurus popularis, one of the largest ichthyosaurs ever discovered. Nevada's ichthyosaur fossil trove has puzzled paleontologists for decades. One curiosity is the many ichthyosaur fossils that are clustered in what's now the park, but about 230 million years ago was part of a tropical sea. Another oddity is that the site seems as if it were almost entirely populated by a giant fourteen meter over forty foot long adult S. popularis. And then there's the question of what caused the animals' deaths. Scientists have previously suggested that the reptiles had congregated together for some unknown reason, and before something caused and that was before something caused their mortality in mass. As for what killed the reptiles, we don't know, Natural History Museum paleontologist Randall Emris says Some of the animals in each quarry could have still died in mass. Being grouped in one place to breed may have left the reptiles vulnerable to a sudden catastrophic event that buried them in sediment, such as an undersea landslide, end of quote. This event took place in Nevada, a state with no ocean within 400 miles, and lo and behold, sea monsters. Science has once again arrived at Noah and the global flood, but they simply can't connect the dots. And 230 million years ago? Try just shy 4,400 years ago. Imagine, there are marine fossils atop every mountain peak, and that includes Mount Everest. Several months ago, God Said Man Said reported on the latest findings from research conducted over five continents by the Institute of Creation Research's Column Project. ICR geologists studied core drillings into the thousands that once again confirmed the inerrancy of your Holy Bible. In the July August 2022 issue of Acts and Facts, you'll find this summation. The stratigraphy across Asia and the other four continents demonstrates the progressive nature of the global flood. All of the continents studied so far began with minimal flooding followed by marked increases in surface area coverage and sediment volume. Our interpretation is, is confirmed that the first three megasequences, Sauk, Canoe, and Cascadia, represent the first 40 or so days of the flood, and they have Zaruka and Zuni the next 110 days of the rising flood. In addition, the Tejas is verified as the receding phase deposited during days 150 to 314 of the flood year. After examining the rock record across five continents, we can now be more assured than ever that there was a global flood as described in Genesis, the rocks don't lie, end of quote. Be of good cheer, saints. Every jot and every tittle in your beautiful majority text, Holy Bible, is true and righteous altogether, especially these words of our Lord Jesus in John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? god said luke twenty four thirty nine behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself handle me and see for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have God said john four verse twenty four God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God said, second peter three ten through twelve, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night." with fervent heat. Man said, in the words of Charles Darwin, I can indeed hardly see how anyone ought to wish Christianity to be true, for if so, the plain language of the text seems to show that the men who do not believe will be everlastingly punished, and this is a damnable doctrine. Now you have the record.